Well, good morning. All right, children, you're dismissed. I don't think there's any more left. Yeah, you're dismissed. Amen. And for the rest of you, if you would, turn with me to Psalm 125. Psalm 125. Last week we spoke about being thankful for His rest. And this week we want to talk about being thankful for His strength. The strength of God that enables us to endure, to overcome, not just physical strength, but we need that, emotional strength, mental strength, strength that just gives us the grace to continue on through the many dangers, toils, and snares. But it doesn't come through um, a pill. It doesn't come through um, an energy drink, as nice as those can be. It comes from trusting the Lord. It comes from connecting with the living God and receiving in our hearts by faith the grace and strength that only He can grant. But it's a strength that cannot be defeated by any trial of life in this life or the life to come. So if you would, Psalm 125, and let's just look and read just a few verses. The Bible says that they that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken or moved, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous, for then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. But those who turn to crooked ways The Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We ask You, Lord, to speak to us. We ask You, Lord, just to take the sacred text and make it real and personal to our lives. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Thankful for His strength. This psalm speaks about the unshakable confidence in the Lord by which the righteous are kept strong and secure, even in the midst of ungodly times and foreign influences and fallen people. This psalm expresses a deep trust in the Lord's ability to care for His people. It's a declaration of the security and strength we have as believers in Jesus Christ. And it shows what trusting in the Lord, standing on His Word as you live your life, what it does for us and what it brings to us in this present world where there is spiritual opposition, where there is moral temptation, where there is a foreign influence. But this psalm shows to us the blessings and the benefits of those who truly trust in the Lord, who make the choice, I will trust, I will believe, and I will be confident in the Lord and in His Holy Word. Those that walk by faith and faithfulness, they are recipients, this psalm teaches us, of God's very own strength to stand strong, morally, emotionally, spiritually, and also they receive a strength that helps them to remain consistent in their Christian character and in their Christian conduct. You see, when we trust God, what trusting does to us, it connects us with the very life of God. When we put our faith in God, we're putting our faith into the very omnipotence of the ruler and the reigner of the earth. 
Our trusting brings the blessings and benefits of God into the reality of our lives. In fact, the Bible says that by trusting God, it brings peace into our hearts. Jesus said in John 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Me. The antidote for a troubled heart is trusting in the Lord and letting that peace fill you and keep you in the midst of a fallen world in struggles and trials. The Bible teaches that by trusting God, we receive into our life the guiding hand of the living God. For the Proverbs says to us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. They can be confused. They can be deceived. But in all your ways, acknowledge Jesus and He shall direct your paths. Many, many blessings that come when we choose to trust and put our trust in the Lord for our lives and for our, our salvation. The Bible speaks of courage and confidence that comes into the heart of the righteous. When we choose to trust the Lord, Psalm 112, 7 and 8, the godly man or woman will have no fear because their heart is steadfast trusting in the Lord. They will be secure. And in the day of battle, they will be victorious because they've trusted in the living God. Here in Psalm 125, the psalmist writes about the strength that comes into the life of the believer when they choose to put their trust in God. And we break it up into two simple thoughts for these few verses. Trusting God gives us, number one, strength to stand. When I put my trust in the Lord, it gives me strength to stand. But secondly, when I put my trust in the Lord, it gives me character and courage to live, to live in the here and now, to live in the midst of a world that maybe there's peer pressure that wants you to do otherwise. There's temptations that are drawing you away. But when you put your trust in God, it produces in your life a spiritual courage and character to live in the midst of a fallen world, but to live as Jesus would have you to live. To live victorious and upright before this world. Number one, trusting God gives us strength to stand. We mean standing faithfully. We mean standing triumphantly in this life. Again, verses 1 and 2. They that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. We see in these thoughts that trusting God, trusting believers, are like Mount Zion, like ancient Jerusalem. You see, Jerusalem was a city that was, was built upon and surrounded by other mountains. It had natural fortifications. In this mountainous surrounding, it was made very strong. It was a very secure city. In the same way, the psalmist is telling us, we who love the Lord, we who have put our trust in God, we are a very strong and secure people. As we trust in God, as we stand upon His Word, in fact, the author of this psalm has seen these mountains all of his life. Every time he looks, they're strong. They're secure. They surround the city of God, keeping it day and night. He says, you know what? Like those mountains that surround the city, that's how God is. That's how the Lord is to His people. All of His days, as things changed in culture, as things changed in generations, He'd look and see those mountains, and they were consistent, and they were concrete. They, 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 they were mountains that could not be moved, but abided forever. And He says, you know, that's how God is to us. 
God is the one that is stable in our lives. God is forever dependable to our lives. God is never changing. God is ever faithful. And we praise the Lord this morning. That the God we trust is the one that never changes. But He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That says I can trust His promise. That I can put my confidence in His care. That I can believe that the work that He began, He will complete that work regardless of what life throws at me. I'm held in the arms of a loving God that changes not, but His love and His mercy and His power abideth forever and forever. Amen. The writer doesn't say we should be like Mount Zion. The writer says we are like Mount Zion, if we trust in the Lord. You see, this is describing the believer. This is describing you. If anyone here trusts in the Lord, well, then this is describing you. If you trust in God. Someone says, well, I don't, I don't feel like a strong mountain. It's not about what I feel like. Someone says, I, I don't look as strong as... None of us looks like we used to be. look. Amen. Um, praise the Lord. Look at some of those old pictures. Amen. I thought about growing a, growing a mustache again. My wife looked at me after about four days and said, it's not going to work, honey. It's not the 80s. All right. Things change. Amen. Things change. But God doesn't change, does He? And when I trust in God, I am connecting myself with that consistency of God and that concrete power and dependability of God. The writer says that we trust in the Lord. We're like a mountain, strong, stable, secure. Not moved by every wind of doctrine. Not moved by the temptation of the culture and the spirit of this age. And we look at ourselves, but that's the trick of the enemy. How I feel and how I look. It's not about how I feel or how I look. It's about whom I have believed in. And whom is living on the inside of me. It's like the one author says, as a child, we were living by the coast and we would take our vacations down on the beaches, you know, out there in Carolina. And he says, I used to love, eight, nine, ten years old, I loved to build the big sandcastles. And one summer, this group of young teens, every afternoon, they'd come by and just kill my sandcastles. I'd get so frustrated, but I was only eight and they were like 13 and I couldn't do anything about it until I got an idea. I said, I'm gonna, he found some big rocks. Some pieces of concrete, and I fix them. He put them all in, and then he built the sandcastle around them. He says, Haha, they'll get what's coming. And, and he says, when these, these young tufts came, and I, I, I hid far enough away, man, their bare feet met their match. <laughs> what looked like something that could easily fall, easily be knocked down, was built on a rock. And don't look at yourself and think, I'm weak, and I'm, no, 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 no. If you're trusting in the Lord, you're as strong as the Lord Himself because He is keeping you and He is holding you. Jesus said, I'm building my church upon this rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And when Jesus is on the inside, fear not, but as you trust Him, He'll keep you strong. You'll endure forever like He does. But we are like Mount Zion. We that believe are built on the rock Christ Jesus. It's on Christ, the solid rock, that we stand. And it's not us that holds that rock, it's that rock that holds us. It's on His Word that we build our lives. We're not building from sand. We're not building on the whims and philosophies of man. But we build our lives and we build our future on that which is thus saith the Lord. And Jesus said when the winds come and the storm blows, other things might be scattered. Other things might be knocked down. But you'll be standing firm because God Himself 
will make you to stand. See, trusting God gives a person strength. I don't have to have a lot of confidence in myself, but I need to have confidence in Him. I don't have to have great confidence in men because they're fickle and they're weak and you never know. But I can have a confidence in the Lord that changes not and is trustworthy. And every promise is yes and amen. For we serve a Savior, wonderful Jesus. He dwells within us and He is forever with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And He surrounds us with His love and His mercy. And He strengthens us with His power and with His grace. And that's why, as the people of God who trust in the Lord and live a life of trust, we can declare that we will not be moved. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, they that trust in the Lord shall not be, we won't be moved from our place and our position of victory. We will not be moved from our confidence in the living God. We will not be moved from our good confession of faith. We will not be moved from our faithfulness in serving Him and not being ashamed to declare to this world the goodness and wonder of the Savior that we serve. We will not be moved, but we will endure through every storm, every setback, and every trial. We will endure when the enemy comes against us. God Himself will raise up a standard against Him. We will. Endure and we will stand and we will shine like lights in a darkened world and we will hold out the good news to those that are hungry and those that are perishing and we will overcome every spiritual adversary and every attempt to defeat us or deny us because we're not walking in our own strength. But He that has begun this good work, He'll complete it and He'll carry us safely through. Can you say amen? Trusting in the Lord. I make the choice to trust. I make the choice I can fear or I can trust. I can fret or I can trust. I can lean on the arm of men and that which seems easy and that which is convenient or I can trust in the Lord even at times when it's challenging and it might be difficult in some ways. But if I choose to trust Him, He will defend me And He will keep me. And He will guide me. Trusting in the Lord fills our hearts. And fills our strength. With strength to stand. Having done all to stand. I like how David said it. Psalm 27 and verse 1. Psalm 27 and verse 1. How David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength. Of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? You see, my strength doesn't come from my willpower. My strength doesn't come from just my experiences. My strength comes from the living God who lives within. And with that, I can march and keep on marching. I can walk and keep on walking. I can sing in the midnight hour. I can stand firm when others are falling along the wayside. Because there's something greater within that keeps us and steadies us. Psalm 28 and verse 7, David says it again. Psalm 28, the Lord is my strength and my shield. How can you keep on going? The Lord is my strength. How can you smile when things seem so bad? The Lord is my strength. How can you love them when they're so mean to you? The Lord is my strength. See, not just physical strength. We're talking emotional strength. Spirit, strength of character. Strength of morality. Anybody can be strong when they're 25. You know, anyone? No, 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 no. But there's a strength of character. 
that enables us to face life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but keep our Christian character. To keep our Christian composure. To keep our Christian bearing. How do you do that? Because the strength that I walk in morally and emotionally and spiritually, it's not of the old man. It's of the new. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him. And I am helped. Therefore, my heart rejoices and my song will praise Him. Hallelujah. So number one, verse one. The psalmist says, They that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abideth forever. When I trust in God, I receive into my life, into my daily walk, strength from God. It's a strength to live right. It's the strength to stay consistent. It's the strength that makes me as stable and steadfast and secure as the mighty mountains that surround the city of Jerusalem. Then in verse 2, as the mountains surround Jerusalem. He says, you know, in the same way as I see these mountains all around the city of God, in the same way the Lord surrounds His people both now and forevermore. What a source of peace, of contentment. What, a, what an ability to get rest at night knowing the Lord surrounds you. Well, what a thought that the God we serve, who never sleeps or slumbers, He never takes a day off, He's never caught off His guard station, but He's always watching over us, always surrounding us. If He's caring for me, I can have peace in this life. If the Lord, the sovereign, omnipotent God, if He's watching over me, I can walk freely in this life. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be stressed. I have a God that I put my trust in. I have a God that's surrounding me with His love, His kindness, and His power. Psalm 3 and verse 3, how David said, But thou, O Lord, art a shield. He's saying the enemy is saying this. The ungodly are throwing accusations here. Many are saying, David, you don't have any help in God. Many are saying, David, you're done. But thou, O God, O Lord, you're a shield all around me is what it literally says. You're my glory and you lift up my head. O God, people can say what they want. Bad reports can abound. The ugly can spew their ugliness. But this I know, thou, O Lord. You surround me and you protect me. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what the next season of life will cause me to walk through. But this I know as I walk forward by faith. My God is my shield. My God is my strength. In that, I have peace and in that, I have rest. Can you say amen? It's a beautiful thing to know the Lord watches over His people. Psalm 34 and 7, the angel of the Lord and camps round about them that fear Him to keep them and deliver them from harm. That's all right. Can you say amen? You read history. I like history. And every now and again you'd read about, whether it was in Vietnam or other places, Korea, where the, 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 the guy that was on guard duty out there in the bush fall asleep and the whole company would be overrun. They'd be wasted. The whole company in that. Well, I got good news. Our God never sleeps. He never slumbers. And you will not be overrun. Regardless of what the enemy says, regardless of how ugly his threats are, 
You can sleep good tonight. He gives His beloved sleep as He stays awake. He gives His beloved peace because He is our protector. He is our shield and He is our God. Trust in the Lord. Rest in His loving care. For He is always watching over the righteous. And He is surrounding every area of our lives. Somebody say Amen. Amen. Trusting in God, number one, He gives us strength to stand. To stand in this life. When others are falling aside, when others are compromising, we can stand faithfully. We can stand in godliness. We can stand in consistency. We can stand and live victoriously. This is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth within me. But secondly, trusting God gives us character and courage to live. To live. We live in a fallen world that can cause the believer to stray or stumble if we're not careful. Look, if you would, at verses 3 through 5. Because when I trust in God, it gives me courage and character to live. Psalmist says something interesting here, verse 3. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. For then the righteous might be influenced. They might be deceived. They might be swayed. They might use their hands to do evil. Think about that for a second. Verse 4, he says, Do good, O Lord, to those that are good, to those that are upright in heart, but to those who turn. Crooked ways, the Lord will banish them with the evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. Let's look at this. Verse 3, the scepter. The scepter. What does it mean? The scepter is the symbol of foreign rule, of foreign influence and foreign power. The author of this psalm, he knows that it's not under perfect conditions that we have to trust God. We're trusting God in a fallen world. We're trusting God where a lot of people don't love God. We're trusting God where, for the most part, the rulers are not godly people. So the author of this psalm knows that it's not under, anyone can trust God in perfect conditions. But these are not perfect conditions that we trust God. A fallen world, a sin-dominated world, a death-cursed world. In the context of Psalm 125, it reflects a time when the Jews were in the land, but the land was being ruled or at least dominated by a foreign power, a foreign influence. That's the scepter of the wicked, speaking of that rule. And the psalm writer is concerned in verse 3 that the influence of that evil, the influence of the world, the secular environment of education, morality, entertainment, that that worldview would corrupt God's people, would somehow deceive them and sway them and ultimately defile them and turn them from godly living and faithfulness to God and His covenant. And now listen, this is uh, still a danger, isn't it? This is a credible threat to the believer. Think about this for a moment. We live in a world that by the most part is ruled by ungodly people. In the spirit of this age, the Bible says blinds the minds of unbelievers. The spirit of this age has a corrupting influence, a morally contaminating influence that deceives and defiles the hearts and minds of men. It blinds the eyes of men to the truth of the gospel. And it also causes a falling away of many that at one time believed. But we call ourselves Christians. We must remember and never forget, though we live in this world, we are not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. 
Our lives are submitted to Jesus. It's before the scepter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that we bow when we submit. Before His scepter we bow and we cry, All hail King Jesus. His Word governs our behavior. His will directs our lifestyle and our pursuits. His authority rules and reigns over our lives and our trust in God. Your trust in God should give you a devotion and a determination to live for God without fear, without apology, regardless of the sway of the culture, the peer pressure that abounds, or the fallen world's value system that is just opposite of God. This world is not our home. But the psalmist sees the danger in verse 3. And that's his prayer saying, Oh God, this is our land that you want your people to have. You've given to your people. But the, the rule and the influence is ungodly. And oh, there, there's such a, a temptation that it would deceive and defile. That's why we watch where we hang. We watch where we go. We watch the company that we keep. We watch the influences that we suck in. Come on, say amen. Because we're in a similar time. We live in a world that one day Jesus is going to come back and He's going to rule and reign and there'll be righteousness from sea to shining sea. But now, the scepter is not a godly scepter. The rule is not godly rule for the most part. And certainly the spirit of the sage is not in sync with the Spirit of the Lord. So there is a very real danger that if the godly are not careful, that if the godly do not watch themselves, they can be swayed and they can be deceived. And those that used to believe stop believing. And those that used to love righteousness begin to get um, taste buds for something that's not righteous. But the people who truly trust in God, they will be an obedient people. And they'll receive the strength from God Himself. And they'll find within the strength that comes from trusting a great peace and contentment. In fact, a confidence and a godly courage in this present hour. There's a freedom that comes from knowing God is sovereign. And God is in control. There's something about knowing that and believing that that enables the believer to walk through this life consistently, continually, trusting, believing, receiving. There was a Christian journalist that interviewed a a trapeze artist one time. And they got talking about this, that, and the other thing. And finally they got to the importance of the net. The importance of the net. And the trapeze artist, oh, the net is so important. Obviously, it keeps us from breaking our necks. That's pretty important. But he says, more than that, he, he says, actually, it keeps us from falling. What do you mean it keeps you from falling? Well, if we didn't have a net, we would be so scared. We, we wouldn't be able to concentrate. We would be. But knowing there's a net gives us a freedom to go for it. Knowing that we're secure gives us a freedom not to be afraid, but to go for it. And when we truly understand the security we have in God, 
that He's in control and we're in His care. It takes away the fear and the frustrations and the fretting that others struggle with and just gives us a freedom to live for God and to love God and to face whatever comes our way because whatever it is, the net is there. The net is there. We might fall, but the net is there. We might miss it every now and again. It's alright. The net is there. We can get back up and get back going. Somebody say amen. Oh, bless His name. Because He is the net that keeps us His grace and His mercy forever. And for that trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for that net. Don't be afraid of backsliding. Just serve God. Don't be afraid of that old world dragging you back in. Just fix your eyes on Jesus and walk with Jesus. Amen? But what if I fall? That's why the net is there. It's called grace. It's called forgiveness. Get back up. Get it right. Get back on there and do a double flip. And that's what the man said in the article. He said, oh, because of the net, it frees us to try things we'd never try. We try doubles. We try wives of the net. If it wasn't for the net, we'd be scared. Some Christians are so scared. Always afraid they're going to... No, don't be afraid of anything. Amen? Have a complete confidence, blessed assurance... Jesus is mine. That He's there. He keeps us. And He protects us. Bless His name. Now the writer gives four responses to the danger, the very real danger, of the righteous being overcome by the influence of a secular environment. He recognizes something. This Old Testament saint, he recognizes something that we find is a real reality that live today for the Lord. That again, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We live among a morality that is not God's morality. We live among appetites and, and, and affections that are not godly appetites and affections. But yet we're here for this time. And we're not called to go live out there and become monks. We're not called just to put ourselves in a closet. We're called to live in this world and work in this world and and have neighbors in this world. And somehow or another, we must learn, how do I navigate in a fallen world? But I'm not a fallen man. I've been born again. i got a new nature. I'm a new creature. Can you say amen? Well, the psalm writer, number one, he gives us, verse three, he gives us a promise. He gives us a promise. Verse three. Again, notice what he says here. He says, the scepter of the wicked will not, I like that, will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. He's saying, here's your promise. Those of you that understand we're in this world but not of this world. The wicked will not rule over the people of God forever. But there will be a deliverance from God eventually. He's saying it won't always be like this. Here's a promise, child of God. The problem you're facing now will not last forever. It won't always be like this, this society and this culture. Things will change. Jesus is coming. So you just keep trusting. You just keep believing His Word. You just keep fighting that good fight of faith. For God has not forgotten His people. He knows your situation. He sees your circumstance and He cares about your entire being. And this moral storm and this present struggle, it won't defeat the trusting one. 
So choose to trust and keep on trusting. Choose to believe His promises and stand on them continually. Recognizing that those that trust in the Lord, their lives are built on something eternal and they have a strength from a world that's not from here. And we understand and we know by, by knowing the outcome, it should give us a great source of encouragement to keep staying the course and keep staying on the right path as we serve God and count the cost and live for God. Number one, he says, here's the promise that it won't always be like this. So if you're going through a hard time this morning, it it will be worth it one day. Keep hanging on to the Lord. If you're going through a hard time, it will be worth it all one day. You've come too far now. You've paid too much of a price to let go of your faith, to let go of your trust. Keep trusting in the Lord. It might be hard, but it won't always be like this. Things might not be easy, but the Lord is coming and His righteousness will rule this earth as the waters cover the sea. But as for now, you just keep trusting. As for now, you keep believing. Cast your care. Declare your confidence and keep on believing. Tell your neighbor, just keep on believing. Keep on believing. It's not time to backslide. It's not time to give up hope. It's not time to go back to the way things were. No, 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 no. Your salvation Closer now than when you first believed. So number one, he gives, there's a promise here. There's a scepter of the way. You can't turn on the news. You can't watch it if you're godly. You can only stomach so much of that nonsense. And the wickedness, it gets worse and worse. And you hear them old preachers. I'm, I'm just talking back in the 80s. I hear some of those tapes. And who would have thought in 20, 30 years how the cesspool could have got worse? And the righteous say, oh Lord. But God says, you hang on. That scepter of the wicked, its time is running short. Because soon and very soon, we're going to see the King. His name is Jesus. And at His scepter, every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess. And then righteousness will be our song and our praise. He gives a promise and then He gives a prayer. Verse 4 is a prayer. He gives a prayer. He says, oh God. He says, oh God, do good to those who are good. Lord, there's some good people out here. There's some people that aren't bowing to Baal. There's some people out here that aren't giving in to the modern um, confusion and, and, and counterfeit gospel. There's some people here that are keeping it pure, Lord. Give them strength, Lord. You said your eyes on the righteous, your ears open to their cry. Oh God, do good to them. Help those. The eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed. Oh God, recognize the righteous. Oh God, see the man, see the woman, see that dear saint that keeps believing and keeps trusting when everything around her says give up on God. Recognize them, Lord, and help them. See that one that is surrounded by ungodly friends and ungodly circumstances, but they keep trusting and they refuse to compromise. God, see them, help them, comfort them, strengthen them. And it's a prayer. You see, a trusting people or a praying people. If you really trust the Lord, you pray. Verse 4 says there's a prayer. In the meantime, in the meantime, while that scepter of the wicked is still carrying the influence, in the meantime, while that moral storm continues and the battle for righteousness rages on, those that are truly trusting God, those that are truly endeavoring to live godly in an ungodly age, they need the help of heaven. And that's where prayer comes in. 
They need to recognize that God has given us a place to go where we can draw near to Him and receive His help each and every day. That He's called His place the throne of grace. And He beckons the righteous to come with confidence and with assurance that they will be heard and their needs will be met. Come boldly before the throne of His grace that you might receive the help you need in the moment of your trouble. And it's Jesus, of course, that teaches us to pray and keep on praying. Not to be discouraged or become faint. Not to be worn down and exhausted by this world. But to continue to tap in to that river that never runs dry. To that strength that cannot be shaken. Luke 18 and verse 1, Jesus said, Men ought always to pray and not give up. He taught His disciples again and again the importance of prayer. He says, while you're waiting for my return... While you're working and carrying out my commission, you need to practice prayer consistently and continually because it's in that place of prayer you're going to fill up your tank. It's in that place of prayer you're going to receive refreshing from above. It's from that place of prayer that you're going to stay continually strong, that you can stay pure in this unpure world and you can believe God and trust God even when things look counter to the will and the blessing of God. Jesus said, oh, men ought always to pray and not faint or become faint-hearted or give up. But instead, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. The psalm writer looks and he's concerned about the fate of the righteous. He sees that it is an hour where the scepter of the wicked rule and reign like today. And he says, number one, righteous people, there's a promise it won't always be like this. There's a promise God hears your cry. God sees your situation. And if you'll keep trusting in Him, you'll receive His strength to keep on going and keep on believing. This thing might knock you down, but it can't keep you down unless you stay down. Rise up and let God breathe fresh grace and march on with Jesus. He says there's a promise and then there's a prayer. And as believers, prayer must be part of our daily experience with God. From it's in that place of prayer that we get that, we get refreshed and we get revived. And our strength gets renewed because daily walking with the Lord, a daily fighting the fight of faith can exhaust someone. It, it wearies us, it drains us, all of us. So we draw near to God and He draws near to us. And we call upon His name and we give Him our cares and He gives us His strength. Each and give us this day our daily bread that we might have daily strength to live it for the glory of God. Then verse 5, he gives us both a warning and a blessing. A warning and a blessing. Look at verse 5 with me. But those, but those, he's talking about the righteous now. Those who turn to crooked ways. The Lord will banish with the evildoers. There's a warning. There's a blessing. Peace be upon Israel. A warning. This is a warning that if you're here today and you, I trust the Lord. You're here today. I'm a believer. The, the warning is you gotta finish the race. The warning is that the Word of God says don't, don't sway. Don't, don't, don't be sucked in to that place, that path of the evil. Or you'll endure the same judgment that's coming on them. No, 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 no. You gotta stay strong. You've gotta 
keep securing Christ. You've got to finish your race trusting God, hoping in God, and to the best of your ability, faithfully serving God. Go ahead and just keep verse 5 up there for a minute, if you would, please. But those who turn, he's saying, here's the danger. That's why we pray for one another. That's why we keep preaching and teaching and encouraging one another to stay strong in the Lord. But those who turn, there is a very real temptation. We know people. They used to love God like we loved God. Used to praise God louder than we praise God. But something along the way, under that influence of wickedness, under that spirit of deception, they got swayed or they got, they got apprehended and they got, and, and they're taking the crooked path. And the psalmist warns them, no, 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 no. You gotta stay on the righteous path. You gotta finish in the righteous walk. Because if you take that crooked way, you'll be banished with evil. You'll, you'll go under their same. So if you're here today and you have strayed, it's time to get back on that righteous path. If you're here today and you said, I mean, I, I believed, I kind of used to believe, but my belief, well, your believing and your living need to be connected. There's a warning that we've got to finish. Don't sway, don't stray, or we'll join with the judgment of those they don't love God. You see, friend, it's not always easy. Living a righteous life. Taking the righteous stand. But it shall be worth it on that day. So stay on the narrow road. And be determined with all that is within you. To live for Jesus. To love Jesus. Living that life of faith. Not always easy. But the life of unbelief is a whole lot harder. The life that rejects, it's a whole lot harder. Be determined to finish with a trusting heart and an obedient life. I'll never forget, there was a true story back in the 80s. A man that was flying a small commuter flight from Portland, Portland, Maine, into Boston. Heard a noise in the back, told the co-pilot, assistant pilot, that would take the, take the steering stick there and let me go see what this noise was. He got to the very back door and he found out what the noise was. The back door was not secured properly. And he hit a, they hit a bump, air pocket, and they swung open and he got sucked out. And his um, co-pilot, seeing the light flashing on, door open, calling back there, no response, Began to call in for help to send out the Coast Guard, the search party. Well, the plane landed. It wasn't a, wasn't a long flight, but the plane landed. And they went outside and they found the pilot, Henry Dempsey. They found him. He was holding onto an outdoor ladder under the aircraft. Somehow, he had caught the ladder. Held on for 10 minutes as the plane flew 200 miles an hour in an altitude of 4,000 feet. And then at landing, he kept his head from hitting the runway, which was a mere 12 inches away. It took the airport personnel several minutes to pry his fingers from the ladder. <laughs> Life can get turbulent, can it? And someone said, oh, man, that would have been hard to hang on. He said, man, it would have been harder to let go. 
So if you're finding sometimes it's hard to hang on in the righteous walk, just think how hard it is to let go. Tell your neighbor, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. And if you'll hang on, there's a final blessing to those that trust the Lord. Peace be upon Israel. Now, Paul talks about that, that being us. Peace be upon Israel. That's the blessing to those that are trusting and obeying. Living faithful. God says, the blessing of my peace is bestowed. Now, don't just be satisfied with one blessing. This is to be a fresh blessing. Number 6, 22 through 26. We're going to finish with this. Here's the blessing that comes upon those. They that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. Can't be moved. <laughs> Abide it forever. That means you're going to make it. Amen. But God's going to make sure you make it. And at the end, He says, you're, you're, you're blessed with the peace of God. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless. This is how you are to bless. There's different ways to bless people. This is one way the Bible instructs us to, to, to bless the people of God, the ministers to bless the people of God. Say to them, one of the ways to be blessed is by speaking a blessing over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord bless you. Lord keep you. If God's keeping you, you're going to be kept. If God's holding you, you're going to be held. Mm, no one else in your family might be a Christian, but if God's holding you, you're going to make it. Amen. Of God. Oh, yeah. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. What else is God going to do? And the Lord make His face shine upon you. Not scowl upon you. Some people got the idea that God's up there scowling on us. No, 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 no. Not if you're one of His. If you're one of His, shine upon you. Amen. That speaks of affection. I see Jerry looking at them grandbabies. His face shines. The grandbabies come from Coliseum one time and it shines. He like glows. It's like you think a light shines. When God looks at those he loves, face shines with love and affection. That's the blessing of God. He's not scowling. He's not. No, no. When the blessing comes, the father looks upon his children and there's a smile and there's an affection. There's an acceptance. There's an appreciation. This is on you if you trust the Lord. If you trust this blessing, the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The grace of God. The goodness of God. What's that next one say? And the Lord turn His face towards you. He's not looking away. He's not ignoring you. No, no. God says, I'm watching you. And I'm looking for your good. And give you peace. You see, when God turns His face, it speaks of His favor. The one He looks towards is the one He's choosing to bless. The one He looks away from is the one He's leaving to their own mess and devices. Remember on the cross? For that moment, He turned His face on the Son. That was hell. That was where far out thou. My God, my God, why is thou? He turned it for that one time Towards Jesus, so he would never have to turn it towards you and towards me who believe and who trust. And his face looks and shines with favor and grace. And I give you peace. The word peace, Hebrew word shalom. 
It is much more, much deeper, much richer than just the absence of conflict. Thank God for that. But it speaks of prosperity and goodness and the riches of God's blessing emotionally, physically, on the works of your hands. God says, my smile. They that trust in the Lord will be strong, steadfast, stable, and secure. They will be ever surrounded by the love, the power, the protection of God. And they will have upon their lives the smile of God, the divine blessing of God, the peace of God, and the favor of God. We thank the Lord for the goodness and the mercy of Jesus. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to close with our final prayer and our final song. If you haven't trusted in the Lord as your Savior, don't leave before you say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you as my Savior and receive you. I'm going to put my faith in what you did on the cross so I can be forgiven. Put your trust in Christ for your forgiveness. And if you're going through a situation, be reminded of the goodness and the love of your God and believe His promise and trust in His character to bring you through and to take good care of you. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. What a God we serve. Thankful for the strength that comes from trusting in the Lord. I'm thankful that we don't have to live this life in our own strength, with our own wits. But as we look to Him, He gives us the grace we need. After we get done praying, if you need prayer for anything, if you have a physical need, if you just want to come and thank the Lord and make a fresh altar, please do so. But we pray, Father God, we thank You, Lord, for the strength and security You give to Your trusting people. And Lord, help us to continue to live our lives faithfully and courageously for Jesus. Keep us, Lord, from drifting or turning back or being deceived by the Spirit of this age. And Father, I pray for those that might be facing a crisis or a hard trial right now. Oh God, as they look to You, choosing to trust, determined to believe Your promise, oh God, fill their hearts with new strength, fill their minds with a divine peace, release, your arm of power and grace into their situation. Move, O God, as only You can move. Remind them that You have them surrounded. And You will keep them. And You will continue Your good work in them. That they need not fear and they need not fret. They need just to trust and to rest and to watch you work your wonders in their lives. We thank you, Father, for the strength you give us to live this life as we look and trust in you. Now, Father, we pray as we worship you and give you praise, as we open the altar, that there's anyone here this morning that has not said, Jesus, I put my trust in you for salvation, for heaven, for eternal life. I pray, Lord, that they would come and respond and they'd look and call on You. We pray if there's anyone here this morning that's going through the battle and 
the enemy has gotten them sidetracked that this morning. They'll turn away from all those things and they'll look to you and declare their trust and confidence that you might begin to work powerfully in their hearts and through their lives. Father, we love you. Breathe your breath of life upon us as we pray. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. These altars are open.